Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide to work on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Alcockin. I'm joined, as always, by the man who gets misinterpreted more than Dave Meltzer, Charlie Butter. Charlie, what's going on? Story of my life, man. Uh, uh, it's been a long weekend. I've seen a bunch of violence, and I hopefully don't have COVID. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit here. Now, because we get misinterpreted the way you do, that company could have treated that as, oh, Charlie Butter had COVID. Yep, that's that's how it's going to be because you know there there was no social distancing at the show that I was at, but really our group pretty much stayed away from everybody else, so it is what it is. Yeah, I have some questions about that once we get to it, but how about before we do that, we go ahead and get into the schedule, what we got coming up this coming week. Yes, uh, right now I only have three things for this week. Uh, So Tuesday, June 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, Freedoms will present the Gekikoju, which I just totally mispronounced, even though I told you that I I, I read how to pronounce it. Uh, Now, I did some research on the word, and it actually means lower rules the higher or the low overcomes the high. So that that might give you an idea of, you know, why they named the show that. Friday, July 3rd uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern, H2O presents Subterranean Violence, Volume 7. And then July 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, ICW, No Holds Barred, Volume 3, Deathmatch Drive-In 2, featuring Eddie Kingston versus Brett Eisen and Matt Tremont against one of my new favorite wrestlers, Akira. Ooh. Damn. Yeah. I probably won't get to watch that live. I've been doing the family cookout thing, but I might have, I'll have to watch that when it goes on demand on Sunday, I think. Yeah, it, it'll definitely be worth it. The uh, the this last show, man, it was whew, it was wild. It's real good stuff. Okay, so before we get into that, a little bit of a programming note. I know we said on the sh- on the show last week that we were going to be doing some IWA Mid South, and we found a show where the lineup looked pretty good. <laughs> you watched the entire show. I watched the first half of the show. We both went, fuck this. This show was fucking horrible. So we was, are going to do an IWA Mid-South show. It was during the rough period of IWA Mid-South. We'll find something. It's going to get rescheduled. We'll find something to watch on there. They are still obviously part of our lineup that we will be going back and doing something with. Uh, I mean, there's 200 plus promotions, so we have a lot to go through and cover. We're going to switch stuff around. So, yeah, I felt really bad, too, when you texted me about how bad the show was before I had a chance to start it. But I'm like, that lineup looked pretty good. The guy on it we like. I know. And Jakey Rotten. And Jakey Rotten. Who I, I, I have no idea why you call over that goddamn show so much. But I could tell you why he's all over that goddamn show so much. Nepotism. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say the last name Rotten. I've got a lot right there, but. Yep. Yeah, it no, was did. uh it, it was not it was not great. Let's put it that way. But we did decide we're gonna uh do something a little bit different here because you had the chance to go to Atlantic City to yes. catch ITW No Home Bard Volume Two Deathmatch Drive In in Perkin. Yes. And you went with a couple of friends to the show. I'm yes. I'm very jealous I'm very jealous you got to go, actually. Uh, I wish you would have went with us because, uh, the, the three and a half hour drive to Rochester to 
uh, get the first friend uh, is a very long drive to do by yourself and very miserable both ways. I was. I mean, I mean you're going through New York State, so. It, it was hard to the, the morning of it was fine because I was excited like the the Saturday when I went up it, to, to get there it was it wasn't too terrible because I was excited to go uh, once I got there I had a couple minutes to like stretch out and get ready and we jumped in his vehicle and took off to Philadelphia to pick up uh, one of the photographers for the show at a train station and uh, so that was like a almost six hour drive it was it was a bad it flew by because you know why because there's two people in there and just talking about wrestling and just talking about you know stuff so it flew by for us uh once once we got nick in the car the photographer uh we the the drive to to from philly to atlantic city was supposed to be about an hour so it flew by just as quick uh we had a lot of fun talking about i think we we actually uh, listened to the new Pod Van Dam episode. Uh, had fun talking about that. We talked about Dwight, uh, aka Tyler's dad, and then uh, boom, we were there. We went to the hotel, checked in, dropped our stuff off. Fun story about the hotel: we had to sign waivers stating that we did not have COVID uh, to stay at the <laughs> hotel, uh, which I thought was kind of weird, but you know, it is what it is, and uh, we finally got up to our hotel room on the ninth floor and it was overlooking uh the atlantic ocean it was very beautiful i did take a panorama shot of it and put it up on my facebook uh definitely a nice very to- nice view of the ocean yeah it was nice to be able to get up in the morning and go sit out there and just kind of soak it in in the morning uh real nice uh the Atlantic City, I'm glad it wasn't uh, super packed because, like, I know this coming weekend is when they're reopening the casinos. So it was, like, kind of dead when we got there, but there was still, like, people out. But, like, there wasn't – it wasn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be. I could only imagine what it would be like with lots of people there uh, and, like, a holiday weekend. So uh, I hope everybody stays safe this coming Saturday for the Deathmatch Drive-In 2. Um because it's going to be really crazy. Uh, I mean, it started to get packed towards the end of the show with like lots of people coming off like the strip and stuff like that. And like the area we were in had lots of bars and stuff around. And uh, it was, it was, it was pretty good. Um, outside you of in that, you weren't staying in that super eight. That was right in the back of that area. No, no, we joked about it though, that we could, we could have stayed there and just taken shifts, watching the door to make sure nobody came in and killed us in our sleep. Um, <laughs> But we figured it'd be something like American Horror Story Hotel and there'd be somebody inside the bed. So, no, we stayed at a uh, a place called the Fantasy. It was like right on the boardwalk. So, like, again, that was right there if I wanted to go. Like, and it was really cool. Like, when we got back to the hotel at like 11 o'clock that night, uh, the boardwalk's all lit up. So, you can, like, so people are out there, like, riding their bikes and, like, people were there fishing all night long. Like when I went to bed at two in the morning, there were still people just out there fishing. This is was the weirdest, like coolest thing to me. I don't know. Like it just something different. Um, I did not get my picture with the Rocky statue in Philly because there were protests and stuff going on. So it was really tough to travel around Philly and it just, we didn't want to get stuck somewhere or have something happen. So we just, we didn't stay. 
Did you at least stop long enough to get a cheat stick? No, did we literally? Oh, Jacob, dude. Dude, we, we went to, uh, that was on the goal list too, like Swanson and Rittner. I, I wanted to go see it, but these things could not happen. It, it was just really hectic, really busy. And on the day back, we had such a long drive to go. We're like, you know what? Let's not even waste time. Let's just get back and get it going. Because if we would have wasted time, I probably wouldn't have gotten home until super late last night. And I would have been even more miserable than I was driving home yesterday. So we dropped our buddy off at the 30th Street Station and uh, hightailed it out of there. So, But it was overall a really fun experience, really fun uh, weekend. Uh, next time I hope I have a, a little bit more advanced notice and we can kind of take a little bit more time to go down and like, you know, have a day to go explore shit. So I'm glad you had a good time. I had a good time watching it. Now there were technical difficulties galore with the live stream. So I ended up watching it the next day. I was going to anyway, but I didn't get home until the show started and I was trying really hard to arrange my day to get home in time for it. And then Jamie wanted getting off work late on the counter and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like I had to get everything bit freaking played out to the back and I'm going to be off a half hour late. Shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now I do have one question to ask before we get into the show itself because the way I understood it is the part of the reason they were doing the deathmatch drive-in was everybody was supposed to stay in their car to watch the show and that is not what happened. Everybody was outside of their car and there was not a lot of Everybody wearing Mac, which I appreciate, but there was not a lot of social distancing going on. Yeah, so uh, the two cars by us where we were, like they, there was already cars around the ring when we got there, and that was the only cars that were basically allowed around the ring. To me, when this was like pitched to me, I thought it was going to be like an, an actual drive-in, like what we have here, so that it would make sense for people to stay in their cars or be socially distant, like you know, like they could have their cars six feet apart people you know if you want to go sit on your car or sit in front of your car it made sense um yeah this was in a small uh lot uh owned by a bar and yeah so there was no that possible there was no just everybody in cars possible so what was already around the ring was what was around the ring so we basically just found a spot we had some uh chairs we fold up chairs we we put out we sat back away from the cars uh, until it was time to start. Then we kind of went up in, t- in between two cars and almost like a, to fill that area in with just our people so that we could stay right there and people wouldn't come bother us. And uh, that wasn't too bad, it, but there wasn't really a lot of people in cars. So, uh, I mean, I guess that's a good thing because then you would have had all the honking nonstop. At least we didn't have that. Uh, they, they, I told... I wanted it to be like a, when big spots happen, they did the, the car horns like a air horn type deal, how that would make sense. But, right. I mean, that really didn't happen too much either until towards the end of the night. Um, overall, it was what it was. Like, the, the obviously, the crowd that was by the entrance, like, yeah, there was no social distancing there. Um, but our group, we stayed away from the majority of people until, like, the the one spot happened off the roof. That's where everybody kind of came out into our area to see what was going on. Um, but again, those people did have masks on. Uh, in between stuff, a lot I saw a lot of people with their masks down and all that kind of shit not wearing their masks. That was super annoying. Again, why we stood away from everybody and just kind of kept to ourselves. 
uh, because there was a lot of uh, big no-nos going on that I, I didn't approve of uh, until, you know, they kept repeating that, hey, put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and get into the show itself. Uh, we honestly, when I called the lineup, I thought this match was going to be the main event and they opened with it. Which I think is what actually crashed the stream, probably. You don't open a show that's on IWTV, which is essentially, I won't say it's free because it's $10 a month, but like it's next to nothing. So, like, you get that, you get all this great wrestling, you got tons of subscribers. There's been no live wrestling for how long on IWTV, and you're going to throw out like this show and start it with Nick Gage? Like, that blew up the internet. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. And that's what did happen. <laughs> yeah. So one neat little touch is they didn't even bother cutting up ring rope. The quote unquote ring ropes were fucking chained, which I thought was fucking great visual. Yeah. If you watch the first no holds barred that's on there, uh, that's the same exact thing they did there too. And it's that, that one's actually uh, has a lot of really interesting matches. I watched about half of it and I can't remember why I stopped, but. Uh, I'm going to go back and rewatch it because there's some matches that I found out were on that show that I want to see that I didn't know about. So, yeah, check that out. Yeah, so we got Nick Gage against Captain Over Valentine to get things started. Like I said, I thought this was the main event when I called a lineup. That They guys, and they wrestled like it was the fucking main event. These guys went all out right away. Uh, at one point, they actually thought they stopped the match. I mean, Valentine got busted open with a fucking pizza cutter and just left the ring. Everybody thought the match would go over here, and then the motherfucker came back to finish the match. Yeah, he had like some bandages on his head, but those didn't last very long because Gage uh, surprise attacked him out of the crowd and uh, continued to assault his face and eye. Yeah, I, I did not take any like detailed note. I was just watching the show for the first time in a while. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to give you a blow by blow, but Jesus Christ, these guys were fucking messed up by the end of it. Especially Nova Valentine. My God. Did you uh did you enjoy it though? For for even though it was death, a lot of deathmatch wrestling, did you enjoy seeing some some fresh wrestling? I enjoyed it seeing some fresh wrestling with a crowd that was hot for fucking everything. Like okay. it was, like, like it was definitely it, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't want to use the expression of everybody expecting me to use, but I, I did enjoy it for the most part. <laughs> Good. Uh, I, you know, deathmatch wrestling isn't uh, my favorite thing in the world, but I'm I'm coming around to it again. And this kind of uh, getting to see all this and uh, all that kind of stuff, and maybe it's all the spooky dust I inhaled, but I'm starting to enjoy it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was uh, some really great spots in this uh, Casanova. Uh, hitting that belly to belly over the top through the table in the corner uh, with carpet strips on it. Gage was bleeding from the back of his head pretty good. Uh, the thumbtack bat to Casanova's arm was sick. Uh, the spear into the barbed wire door followed up by the light tube. Uh, I think they call it like a lightsaber, a light tube saber. Uh, smashing over Valentine's head for Gage to get the three. Um, I really did like Valentine use that claw. And into the uh, choke breaker, basically, with a claw onto his knee with a light tube bundle. That was real sick, too. Uh, a lot of good, uh, cool spots in this. Yeah, de- definitely a lot of fun. Nick Gage does get the win. 
Yeah. I, again, I, again, I, main event quality match open the fucking show. Like you really can't go wrong with that. And where do you go next from that? Well, you get a debut in ICW. You get the Italian American Dragon, the Bone Collector. Big match Dom Garini showing up to take on Tony Deppen. This is probably my favorite match of the card because they actually tried to have a wrestling match for the first 10 minutes with all this shit going on. Yes. Uh, which well, I... I, because it was such a nice change of pace, and I prefer that style of wrestling anyway. I really enjoyed it, and they still did some crazy shit in the last couple minutes. Like they got they got the weapons involved. They did some of the stuff, but they started out having a wrestling match, which I thought was great. Yes, uh, I really like Dom's new gear. The uh, the orange and brown trunks it was pretty cool. Everybody was making a big fuss about his him wearing boots, but. If you saw the opening match, would you really want to go barefoot into that? Yeah, no, you you wear fucking and you at least wear shoes if you're going to be in the ring with a bunch of other fucking death matches. Yeah, so I didn't fault him at all for that. I wouldn't have wanted to do that either. So uh, yeah, he he definitely uh, wore the boots with the kick pads. He he definitely laid in some kicks on Deppen. Um, the finish was was I was super hot for. It was a great back and forth until that finish with the uh, double sleeper uh, suplexes followed by that gotch pile driver for the three. Goddamn, what a finish. I, I was, oh, that was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely fantastic. And then we get to the match that I know you and Jay Gold both said this stole the show. And I'm not going to argue, even though I didn't, I think that's the number two on my list of best matches for the show, I'm not going to argue that it potentially didn't do a show for most people. Because we've got Reed Bentley, who can either be a mid-south guy, he got, he got a little bit of name recognition, against a guy I'd never heard of or seen before the show, Akira. You said he became one of your favorites. I'm not going to go that far, but I do want to see more of the kid after this match. This is great. Yeah, he impressed the hell out of me. Um, him and Reed Bentley started off like a basic kind of match, uh, doing some shit. Uh, Akira hit a scorpion kick and then a karate kick to bust a light tube bundle on Bentley. And I was like, all right, a scorpion kick. I thought that was cool. I thought maybe he meant to try to scorpion kick the bundle. Um, but watching it back, it looked like he just scorpion kicked him in the face, then kicked the bundle into him, uh, which was cool. Eventually, uh you know, the whole time we over where our area was is uh, where the big spot in the match happened. Uh, we had seen some tables leaned up against the wall, and we're like, "Oh, that's interesting." I bet that's those are going to get used. And we kind of looked around, then we looked up, and we're like, "Somebody's going off that roof tonight." It's like that's that's going to happen. That's going to be a thing. Yeah, and then with the spot of the match, and Kakira go up to the roof area put with the light two light, bundle. <laughs> with the light two bundle. Put the light two bundle underneath him. Oh, if he come off with like a. Almost like a late drop, sent on flash kind of combo. Yeah, sent on, yep. Yeah, fucking look, fucking look good. Crowd popped huge for it. That was the one move that I popped for watching. Like, oh, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what really got me. I was like, this dude's out of his fucking mind when he did that. I was like, that's all right. This dude came to play. So uh, good stuff. Um, they they finally get back to the ring. Uh, uh, there's a light tube log cabin that gets used. Uh, actually, two different variations of it. Both were fucking sick. The, uh, so, oh my goodness, this was. Uh, I think the finish was a uh, 
burning hammer, a high burning hammer through a door in the corner. Holy shit. This was wow. I want to see more. And uh, we're going to see more because Akira is taking on a surprise guest at this show, uh, Matt Tremont, uh, at the next at the upcoming show this Saturday. But at this show, Matt Tremont was not announced, but he did show up. He did show up. Uh, Brandon Kirk came out to the ring and basically issued an open challenge, and Matt Tremont, the one who anchored it. Yes, yeah. and <laughs> I, I, I've now seen a grown man with a uh, giant fork sticking out of his forehead, who then ripped that giant fork out of his head and threw it across the the crowd, which was wow. And yeah, it was uh, holy shit. Yeah, this one was really super short. I think it had to be at this point. But yeah, that was a Tremont surprise squash. Yeah. Then we get into another match that I'm really looking forward to on paper, and the guy did not. Hold on, hold on. on. We got to talk about the finish of the match. Go for it. A beautiful Death Valley driver through a pane of glass right in the corner that I was at. So I got a beautiful picture of the glass shattering. Awesome shit. Awesome shit. Loved it. And from there, we go to, an, like I got a match I was looking forward to on paper. The guy did not disappoint either. Eric Ryan and Alec Cologne. Oh, my oh, goodness. Jesus Christ, dude. Shopping carts, giant long bundles of light tubes, boards of light tubes on the outside with light tube dives, spots off the top rope. Oh, my God. This thing had everything. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I think you're two guys that I enjoy a, a lot anyway, and you know they're going to give give their best effort. And I honestly feel like if they would have told them go 45 minutes, they would have found a way to do that with no dead time and still fucking do all the creepy shit. Yeah, it was holy hell. They they did some crazy stuff. The finish, the, uh, the Spanish fly off the top of that platform through the uh through that contraption wow wow that was uh yeah <laughs> i don't I, it's hard to describe man it was just oof. okay go about this point that they actually took a couple of commercials to advertise the next two IPW no hold bar show yes and they made the announcement for August 8th that Abdullah the Butcher is going to be on the fucking show. Yes. It's Deathmatch Circus. Uh, Deathmatch Drive-In, Deathmatch Circus. They're talking about having all kinds of uh, old school carny shit there. And then the announcement of Abdullah the Butcher. Have you seen what Abby looks like recently? <laughs> He can't even be able to walk to do anything at this point. The last couple of times I've seen him, he's been in a wheelchair. Like I don't even know how I don't think know how much, if anything, he's actually gonna be able to do. Yeah, I don't uh I don't really know how that's gonna work out. So we'll I guess we'll see. Like I, I popped through the announcement at first and then I went, wait a minute, he's like 70. 
Yeah, this oh wait, this this isn't uh the year two thousand where he might still be able to walk to the ring and do something. Shit, what do we do? Like even in two thousand two he made that one random spot for Ring of Honor and like he was slower than normal, but he would yeah, he could still move a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh so, Abdul yep. the Butcher Abdul the Butcher is seventy nine years old. Oh my god. Yeah. This is uh <sighs> I don't know if him going to Atlantic City during a pandemic is the smartest move here. You know what? He's probably making a shit ton of money for it. All right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about that main event. We got a main event hot fight death match, which is fucking great, too. John Wayne, Murdoch, and Schlack. So we know Schlack is fucking crazy, right? So oh, any, anybody that's going to face him has got to have, you know, something, a little screw loose somewhere. So John Wayne Murdoch is a pasty ass white man. Okay. By the end of this match, he was pink. Yeah. Because there was so much blood on him that had stained his skin. He took an ass whooping here. And he gave it right back. Yes, he did. At one point, they, uh, one of them, I, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was John Wayne got like pushed into somebody's like the trunk of their car, like the, uh, the hatch of their Jeep and there was blood all over. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to try to clean that out of a vehicle. That just doesn't seem fun. Was that, was that the, was that the car alarm that was going off or was that a different vehicle? Because that was in this match too. The car alarm just started going off. Uh, I think that was on the other side somewhere. Okay, but yeah, it was uh, that was pretty gross. I was like, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I it wasn't our vehicle that so we didn't have to clean any blood out of it. Ugh. There was also a super sick brain buster on a chair in this match that I highly recommend uh, you you see because it's fucking gross. Yeah, I recommend you see it and don't ever fucking take it if you're not 100 percent trained to do it. I actually wouldn't recommend the guy taking it either, but it looked fucking good. And what was the finish there, Charlie? So, yeah, there was a guardrail with light tubes on it that Schlack put John Wayne, like, slammed him into, which was fucking gross. Climbed up to the top to a platform and uh, did a diving splash through the elbow drop splash through the table for only a two. Then he hit a choke bomb for only a two. These guys were just a bloody mess at this point. Like, there's just, they're... They're both just red and just, ugh, it's gross. Schlack put a, uh, the door in the corner and broke it in half with like a double fist and then took half that door and just kept smashing it over John Wayne Murdoch until there was nothing left. And Murdoch kept telling him to fucking bring it. And then they got some more light tubes out. Schlack was going to do something with the light tubes while John Wayne was sitting in an open chair in the ring. John Wayne got up. Tripped Schlack into the chair, threw the light tubes onto Schlack, picked Schlack up into a sick, sick brain buster onto the chair. One, two, three. And that was the finish of, of the match. And holy shit, was that a sick, sick finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah both those guys, well, everybody on the card really just yeah, put themselves through hell. Yeah, everybody worked really hard, busted their ass. This was, um, you could tell they really wanted it, wanted to be there, and 
and and wanted to to give everything for the crowd. So it was it was a real good time. Okay, so when did this show actually end for you guys? Because the stream itself went to two hours, but there's a lot of jump cuts because they're cutting up the ring for the next match. Ten thirty. Not too bad. No, no. Actually, like, uh, actually, less downtime than I expected with all that. Literally at like ten thirty, the when the, is when the match ended. Uh, we stayed to listen to them talk for a few seconds. Uh, the the owner uh, of ICW, Danny, came and talked to us again, and then we kind of went off to the car and sat in the car in the air conditioning while we were waiting on our buddy Nick to finish up photographing some stuff, and then yeah, so it was a good time. All right. So, I don't think I have to ask you. Thumbs up, down, or in the middle? <laughs> Two enthusiastic thumbs up, sir. Yeah, I, I'm not really a deathmatch aficionado by any stretch of the imagination, but I gotta agree. Like, like what I may just be because with the first actual fucking live wrestling shit with fans I've seen in three months, but <laughs> the, I, the, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Yeah, if uh, if you want to check out ICW. I highly recommend checking out the first No Holds Barred show and then check this one out as well. Uh, it's a, a great concept. It's really fun. And they all work really hard. And it's actually a very worthwhile promotion to check out. Um, I, I'm very glad that I got to go do this. And I want to I wanna give a special special thanks to Orange Flacity, a.k.a. Jake, uh, for the hookup with the ticket and driving the long six hours to Atlantic City from Rochester. Uh, he was super awesome. He, uh, he, knows how to, he knows how to treat a guy when, when, he, uh, when he takes you on a road trip, let me tell you. Um, had a blast. We, we really got to know each other. Like we, had, we didn't really know each other too much before this. And, uh, we, I mean, you're sitting in a car with somebody for six hours. You're going to, you're going to get to know them a little bit better. And, uh, I definitely feel like that's the case here. Uh, it was a really good time. And, uh, so definitely, uh, definitely proud to be your co-pilot for the trip and, uh, definitely do it again. Appreciate you, brother. All right. So we're going to stop short of announcing what we're going to do next week because if it's anything like last week, we'll change it again. <laughs> no. I'm not going to commit. <laughs> No, I think I know what we're doing next week, um, but I'll, I'll save that for uh, the surprise. So, okay, let's go ahead and get our plug in. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PW Critique, Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Find me on Twitch at TFMJayhawk. We're doing WWF 1984 and onward via Buyer Pro Wrestling World. We're into February of. 1984 right now and uh, episode 10 for the Philadelphia Spectrum featured the Mac Superstar beating Hulk Hogan for the title in 52 minutes and 57 seconds fuck your 7 star match Kenny Omega this was 8 star in my opinion <laughs> yeah I get it that's fucking great check it out I do 2 or 3 streams a week on that and most of them end up on my YouTube channel within a couple days I want to give a special thanks to independentwrestling.tv and also Smart Mark Video. Uh, please check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and It's Evolution Baby. 
Also, check out our other non-podcast friends, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smokin' Jay's Barbecue, and Pollyanna DIY. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters. And you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Stay safe. Love each other. Wear a mask. Peace.